Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode three of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Rager. And it is also the beginning of the second chapter of season four, which is the Hunter chapter. Makes sense. He plays a very pivotal role in this episode. And it seems as though he will continue to do so. Mm -hmm. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Connor continues his search to uncover the secrets of Mystic Falls and tries to convince Jeremy to work with him. With Dr. Fell's help, Damon and Klaus question Connor, but the confrontation takes a lethal turn. Not really. No one dies. (laughs) Trying to keep her new life as normal as possible, Elena is determined to continue her senior year at Mystic Falls High with support from Matt and Caroline. Rebecca's arrival at school makes it difficult for Elena to control her anger, but she learns that confronting Rebecca can be extremely dangerous. Later, Rebecca realizes how alone she is and reaches out to April. Stefan takes Elena on a thrilling motorcycle ride in an effort to show her that life can still be fun. Tyler gets a surprise visit from Haley, a werewolf who helped him through the ordeal of breaking his sire bond to Klaus. Concerned about Elena, as well as his own emotions, Stefan turns to his sympathetic Caroline for advice. Lots of little relationship moments happening. A bunch of different different things coming about today. We're trying out some different pairings. Julie Pleck is testing the waters to see who she wants to put together. Giving a lot of chemistry to a lot of people. But we open the episode, as we open so many, at the hospital. <laughs> Tyler is asleep in the hospital bed. You know, he's putting on appearances because he was shot, even though he's fine. So he's really just taking a nap. Yeah, he was shot in front of the whole town. Uh, They have to put him in the hospital for at least a little bit. Yeah. So he's just enjoying the jello and taking a nap. Can't blame him for it. The room is guarded by a deputy. Mystic Falls, least finest. (laughs) I mean, I see the one deputy in front. I was like, well, that's basically a suicide position. They're like, who are we most comfortable with dying today? He said, hey, hey, Dave, go take the Lockwood room. And he said, no, come on. But please, guys, there's a clang. So the guard investigates like an idiot. Yeah, leaves the fucking door he's supposed to guard, but okay. And again, no one else seems to be in this hospital. There's no nurses anywhere. There's no other people. For some reason, this wing is like completely shut down. And so Connor finds the guard. He chokes him till he passes out, but doesn't kill him. Pretty nice of Connor. As far as we can tell, he doesn't kill him. And in his hospital bed, Tyler's eyes burst open because he hears the struggle. So it doesn't take him long to piece together that he's got company and not the good kind. Yeah, the fact that there's a struggle and there's not a deputy in his room being like, hey, something's happening. I mean, you can do the math. Even Tyler can. So Tyler leaves his bed by the time Connor gets into his hospital room and Tyler sneaks up on him and they fight for a minute. But Connor does emerge victorious, as he is known to do. Yeah, Tyler should have just ran. Connor injects him with something and then Tyler stops moving and Connor's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a paralytic. So he just went straight from Vervain to like full pharmaceuticals. At this point, it's clear that he has found out and we get confirmation of this later, but it's clear that he has found out that Tyler is a hybrid. He doesn't seem to know how to kill a hybrid or at least he sees the usefulness of having a hybrid here. So he takes a syringe, Connor, and he sticks it in Tyler's fang and pulls some stuff out, which we later find out is werewolf venom. Yeah, which makes sense. I didn't make the full Venom connection. I thought he was like going to do a like DNA test on it. Not a DNA test because he obviously knows who it came from. But yeah, like, oh, yep, yeah, this is a hybrid. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's distilling that. 
Once Connor's got his syringe of werewolf venom, he leaves. Tyler, by the time he can move again, gets up to look, but Connor is gone. So the damage is done. Kind of a loss for Tyler there. Demoralizing for Tyler, for sure. But at least he was conscious enough to tell people what was happening. Although it seems like even though Tyler warned everybody, nobody heeded that warning. But whatever. Well, I think they were kind of like, okay, he has werewolf venom. Watch out for dirts. He shoots at us. Yeah. And they weren't in conversation with Matt, who directed him to Rebecca. He moved awful fast with his plan here, which is the way to go. Connor did have a very solid plan. He didn't know there was a cure. Yeah, I'm sure he had no idea there was a cure for it. Tough break for Connor today. Well, maybe not. We'll get to it. Then we go back to Connor's RV where he's doing something sciencey to the venom. He's like boiling it or something. He's distilling it. Sure. I took organic chemistry. I guess, yeah, you would know. Connor's reviewing his notes, even though he has pretty much the same notes on the church fire, no suspects. And his note just says Tyler Lockwood werewolf plus vampire. Yeah, so he's figured that out. But other than that, he has the same news clippings and the same note to April. My favorite is the news clipping that says no suspect named in church shooting. Like, why'd he even cut that one out? But he also has new notes, which are files on Elena and Jeremy. Files from where? Impossible to say. Maybe the school? Oh, potentially like the sheriff's office. Although I guess why would they give him the files? And the school seems to give him pretty much carte blanche with anything. So <laughs> he seems to have free reign over Mystic Falls High. <laughs> yeah. What is he? The superintendent? <laughs> he bleeds Timberwolf red. Yeah. <laughs> then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon opens the front door and out in the yard, Stefan is working on a motorcycle. And Damon says, yep, you're about due for a midlife crisis. It's been 164 years. Which fair read, because it's kind of goofy that he bought a motorcycle. Yeah. And Stefan says, well, Elena's transition has been depressing. It's the understatement of the century. He says, I want to help her have fun. And Damon says, ah, those who can't do teach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Stefan, you're not known for that. He put himself up. Well, no, that, I think that's a little unfair. Stefan is known for being fun from time to time. But he also is a very serious guy. Klaus knows him for being fun. I'm saying he's not known for being fun. Like, that's not to say he's never been fun in his life. Lexi knew him for being fun. That's Lexi was fun. And she like brought out fun parts of him. I'm just saying he's not known for that. Like, I'm not saying he's never fun, but that's no one would be like, oh, Stefan, the fun one. Okay, you know, fine. You can believe that. To be fair, Stefan did set Damon up for his retort. Stefan says, great, I can see we're still fighting. Got it. Uh, Where are you going? Damon says, well, the hunter jacked Tyler Lockwood of his werewolf venom. So... He has vampire poison in a bottle, so I'm just going to go find him and kill him. You got to love that they're communicating these events much quicker than they sometimes do. Yeah. That Tyler's like, I better tell someone about this ASAP. Tyler's learned his lesson. And Stefan says, oh, I'll go with you. Damon says, I don't want help. I just want to kill this guy and get out of town. And Stefan kind of gives him a look and Damon's like, well, isn't that the deal? Whoever Elena doesn't choose leaves. And Stefan says, well, that was before she turned. Damon says, yeah, and I stayed to help. But if I take you punching me as the first clue, I'm not wanted here. And Stefan says, okay, drama queen, uh, you bloodshed with my girlfriend. I punched you in the face. You deserved it. Stop being dramatic. Now that Damon is known for. Yeah, that is, he, he's known for that. I'm not going to fight on that one. If Damon's going to be one thing, it's, it's melodramatic. I mean, hello. If Damon's going to be one thing, it's deserving of a punch to the face. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. And take the punch like a champ. He knew what he was doing was wrong. He knew snitching to Stefan was wrong. He did that to hurt Stefan. So yeah, of course, Stefan punched him. It's a very fair reaction. 
but Stefan seems to be in a pretty healthy place about it. Like Stefan doesn't seem still mad at Damon, but Damon's like, mm, I want to be mad at me so I can leave so I can push people away before they hurt me. You know, obvious. Yeah, pretty, pretty clear. <laughs> Oldest thing in the book. <laughs> Damon says no dramatic would be leaving before I killed this hunter. And then he leaves. It's, they're both dramatic. At least killing the hunter is useful. Yeah. <laughs> Then we go over like the school loading dock and Matt and Elena are meeting up and says, kind of weird that this is an old makeout spot, huh? And Elena's like, give me your wrist. <laughs> Elena's like, mama hungry. <laughs> Elena says, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I can't keep anything else down. And Matt says, well, I do owe you my life. So I know it went up to his head that she's like only drinking his blood, too. I know there's a power there. Elena went through the same thing with Stefan. She was like, Stefan's only having my blood. It's so romantic and blah, blah, blah. So now she's like doing the same to Matt. Matt's like, oh my God, she's in love with me. It's happening. He's like, give me the rest so I can go have sex with Stefan. <laughs> Elena says, look, I didn't make Stefan save your life so I could turn you into a human blood bag. And Matt says, oh, just let me do this for you. He's down terrible. He's simping. Yeah, get the fuck up, buddy. She does not want you. Rebecca wants you so bad. And yes, she did run you off a bridge, but Elena doesn't want you. You are a distant third place. This cannot be said enough. She does bite his wrist. She feeds for a second, but she does stop herself. And Matt says, is that enough? And she says, "Mm, no, but if I had more, I probably wouldn't stop. And then she puts a Band-Aid on the cut and thanks him. Now, girl, could you not have given him a sip of blood? Yeah, they can't give him any vampire blood. Like, here's a Band-Aid. What the fuck? What is this, lab cord? Yeah, she did the same when she fed on him at the funeral. She gave him a Band-Aid. And ultimately, that's what gets Connor questioning Matt. Foolish. You all have vampire blood. You're feeding on him. Just give him a little bit. Or like, if you don't want to give up any of your blood or whatever, have Steph in there. Caroline, Damon, anyone. In fact, it's better to have a supervisor, as we learn later. So they start to head into school. And Matt says, are you sure school is the best place for you right now? And she says, look, the hunter knows Damon is a vampire and he knows that I know Damon. Hiding at home would be more suspicious. Besides, it's my senior year. I survived this long and I'm not going to bail out before graduation. We'll see. She said, I at least deserve to get this degree. Like, I just need my diploma. She's like, I just want to finish this up. I got to do something. I can't sit at home all day. Elena spots a flyer on a car for a mandatory curfew. Elena's like, curfew? What the fuck? And Matt's like, well, Tyler did get shot in front of half the town. So everyone's a little freaked out. But also like Tyler got shot in the middle of the day, like around everyone. Like, I don't know that a curfew is helpful. I get why they're doing it. But like, yeah, it feels like maybe it's not going to solve the problem. And especially because they know it's not like anyone who's really coming after anyone in the town. I know like the citizens might be freaked out. Yeah. Can you imagine being a normal citizen and you call the cops and you're like, what are you doing about the active shooter from the church? And they're like, they're like, oh, it's an active investigation. That's an internal matter. Yeah. And they're like, uh, aren't you going to enforce a curfew? And they're like, uh, OK, sure, I guess. If that makes you feel better, that makes you stop calling. <laughs> Elena says, if only they knew the real story. Then we go over to the Lockwood house. Carol brings Tyler home from the hospital and there's two guys there. And Tyler's like, who the fuck are you two? And Carol says, oh, they're here for your protection. And Tyler says, more deputies, because the deputies, as we know, are useless. Yeah, he's like, mom, the deputies are not helpful. Why would this be productive to have them here instead of the hospital? Like, they're still just deputies. But then Klaus enters and says, not exactly. You know, he wanted an entrance line. He could have been standing in there when Tyler got in. He was waiting in the doorway for you. He was like, he's like, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to add a little dazzle to this. He wanted a little flair. One thing about Klaus, he wants the flair. 
Tyler says, oh, so they're hybrids. And Klaus says, yeah, I was halfway to Chicago when I heard you were attacked. Going back to Chicago, his favorite city in the world. He wanted a hot dog. He was like, I was about to catch an improv show. I was a foot away from Portillo's. I was at the Bean when I had to come back. (laughs) Yeah. He said, you know, I hoped to leave Mystic Falls for good, but duty calls. And Tyler says, oh, nice to know you care. And Klaus says, I don't. I should have killed you for the stunt that you and your friends pulled, stopping my heart, leaving me in a coffin to rot. Fair. Fair. That was not a happy day for him. But then Tyler brings up another fair point, which is, yeah, you used my body as an escape hatch and then kissed my girlfriend. So maybe, just maybe, we're even. And Klaus says, not even close, because I didn't get to kiss Caroline with my own lips. I had to kiss her with your lips. And that was not fun. Yeah. He said, no, I want more than that. I will not rest until I kiss Caroline in my body. And I feel you will be giving me the ammunition to do so. Klaus says, but you know, you hybrids are a dying breed. I can't make more of you. And I don't want people taking liberties with the ones I have left. So consider these guys your bodyguards. And fair enough. He can't make any more hybrids. So we might as well protect the ones he has, even if they're not sired. Even if one of them is Tyler. So let me go back over to the school. First class of the day is history. So (laughs) that's not great. But it's okay because they just have to go over the Civil War again. They've gone through it about six times, so it should be pretty easy by now. We have never seen them learn about another war other than the Civil War. I don't think. Civil War, Civil War, Founders Day, Civil War. And Founders Day happened to be during the Civil War. One time, Coach Tanner asked Stefan the date of Pearl Harbor. But he was doing that just to kind of one up Stefan. That wasn't actually the curriculum. Wasn't part of the class. <laughs> but Elena seems freaked out. She's like sick to her stomach. And Stefan says, oh, yeah, this is the first time we've been back in Rick's classroom. And let me tell you, I half expected Rick to walk right in <laughs> because I am that delusional. You're keeping hope alive, even though it kind of seems like he's not coming back. They didn't address it at all this episode. It's looking questionable. I will give you that. But I do think the fact that we're in a Hunter chapter may may help us. We'll get to that later. May help us delusional girlies waiting for Rick to pop up. Don't say, don't say us. May help you delusional girly. I, I meant the grand us. I know you're not one of them. <laughs> but there's got to be somebody out there listening. Praying. Praying. Trusting me to, to bring a lurk back somehow. Elena says, oh, it's first period and I'm ready to ball my eyes out. More crying. <laughs> Elena. And in comes Rebecca and she says, hey, y'all. <laughs> Rebecca's in a great mood. Because the go-getter that she is, is the first person to think of throwing an anti-curfew party. So she's the only anti-curfew party game in town. Popular girl era incoming, Rebecca assumes. And she has her own house now. So she doesn't have to have Klaus there. Exactly. And he will ruin her day for her. He will make (laughs) something her problem. And she even invites Elena. She says, if you want to bury the hatchet. And Elena says, yeah, well, it's a pretty enormous hatchet. And Rebecca says, well, I'm feeling generous. Elena's like, no, it's an enormous hatchet for me. You you killed me not two weeks ago. Yeah. And Elena, you kind of can't you can't be disaffected by it. It's only feeding her. Her ego is going crazy. And Elena's usually really good at dealing with Rebecca, but she's kind of losing track of it a little bit because she's so angry Rebecca killed her. She still gets a couple zingers in this scene, but usually she pretty quickly shuts Rebecca down and doesn't give a fuck what she says. But today, Rebecca can tell she's having an effect. Well, Rebecca can tell Elena's already having a bad day, so she's starting at a lower level than she's usually at. Mm -hmm. She's leaning into it. And Rebecca's loving it. Elena says, oh, new house. Did your brother finally kick you out? And Rebecca says, no. 
I left. Elena says, so you left the only person on earth who actually likes you? She, she did get her there. Yeah, she got her there. But then Rebecca does hit back with something that normally wouldn't affect Elena, but she just can't recover from it. She says, well, your boyfriend liked me once. Actually, more than once. Usually Elena would be able to be like, yeah, well, he doesn't fucking like you now, bitch. But she gets affected by this today. Yeah, or be like, yeah, when he was a ripper and like a different person than he is now, like when he didn't like himself as much. Yeah, because you're an easy whore. Yeah, like there's a lot of easy ways to get around this. But Elena is like so already angry that Rebecca's here that she like can't get there. She doesn't get her usual zingers in. Instead, Stefan jumps in and he says, hey, why are you still in town? Don't you have anywhere else to go? And she says, well, history is my favorite class. Actually, you know what? Where is Mr. Saltzman? Oh, that's right. I killed him by transitive property. You killed Elena, which killed him. Yeah. But it's cleaner. It's neater for the jab. And it works because Elena takes a pencil and throws it at Rebecca. Rebecca, of course, was expecting a pencil to be thrown at her because she expects that everywhere. She knew what she did. She knows she's being a bitch. Yeah. She knows minimum she's getting slapped. So she's mentally prepared for it. She's provoking Elena. She's trying to get Elena to do something. Yeah. So then when the pencil is thrown at her, she sees it coming. She catches it and she throws it at Elena. Now, Elena didn't see that coming. She thought she had her. So it goes right into Elena's shoulder, ruins her brand new white cardigan. Rough day for Elena already. Yeah, Elena really lost that interaction at the end there. She got away from her. That had a whole life of its own. (laughs) Elena pulls the pencil out and Stefan and her leave. And Stefan says, "Okay, you know what? Here's some advice. Just breathe, sweetie. He says, you know, you haven't felt this rage before. And she's like, I know that's fucking right. Elena says, I'm telling you, I hate her. I didn't think I was capable of hate. Girl, you are. Everyone is. And then she gets distracted because she spots the hunter talking to a teacher and he starts to approach Jeremy. And she's like, what the fuck? And Stefan says, look, I've got it. You go to the bathroom, wash off your blood. So Elena goes to the bathroom. She takes off her cardigan and starts wiping the blood off. And some girl who Elena calls Heather comes in holding her neck. Now, Elena. Now it's pretty quick to do the math (laughs) on what's about to happen. But she doesn't get it right away. Heather says, oh, Rebecca sent me to see if you were okay." And Elena says, yeah, I'm fine. And Heather says, well, I'm not. To be fair, Elena's like back is kind of to her. She's trying to rinse the blood off and hide it. Yeah. But then she does. She gets what's happening. here. Elena spots the blood on her neck and Rebecca comes in and says, hey, girl, what's up? Getting hungry. And Elena says, please get away from me. And Rebecca says, oh, my God, she's delicious, girly. And then she like takes some blood and like taps Elena's face. Yeah. Which so pisses Elena off. Elena is like so mad because she already just lost an interaction. She's trying to get her footing back. And it is just she's getting stepped on. And this is one of the few times that Rebecca has won an interaction with Elena. So she's really trying to double down on this energy. Just keep the momentum up. Yeah, she's really into kicking people while they're down. Yeah. (laughs) And Elena is really starting to lose it. She's like, you shouldn't be here. This is my school, my life. I'm not going to let you ruin it. And Rebecca says, maybe you're the one that shouldn't be here. Okay. Girl, not to be this bitch, but Elena was here first. Well, actually, Rebecca was kind of in Mystic Falls first. But Elena was at this school first. Semantics. And again, if Elena had said, well, I was fucking here first, that honestly would have been enough to put Rebecca off balance. But she can't get there because... She's smelling a lot of blood. Yeah. What Elena should say is like, well, at least I went to homecoming. I don't ruin Rebecca for a week. At least I have a boyfriend. (laughs) Like, literally. Hey, Rebecca, I know you don't have any guys who like you. I have at least three. If you want one of them, you can have them. Yeah. And then Rebecca says, 
And you know what? I couldn't help but overhear that there is a vampire hunter roaming the hallways. How inconvenient for you. Rebecca smears some more blood on Elena's face, enough that Elena shows her veins and fangs. Yeah, it's like a whole handprint with blood on her face. Yeah. And Rebecca got what she needed there. So she says, all right, see you in gym. I hear it's dodgeball day. And she leaves. I was really hoping we'd get a dodgeball scene. I love a dodgeball scene. If only. Then we go over to some empty classroom that Connor has somehow taken over. It's definitely a math classroom because it's there's a sign in the background that says, like, don't hate calculate. Oh, I did not catch that. It says calculate in some way, but I think it's don't hate calculate. They gave him a whole classroom to just interrogate a random student. It's possible he walked in and was like, hey, I'm subbing. And they're like, for who? And he's like, uh, Mr. Smith. Like, oh, yeah, OK. He's just like, I'm here to pick up my daughter. Yeah, they said, who's your daughter? And he's like, that's not important. He said, I- I'll know her when I see her. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Jeremy Gilbert. <laughs> you know what class she's in? So Connor has Jeremy sat down and Jeremy says, hey, who are you? Why are you here? I'm happy to miss bio, but I, I do want some information. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I do kind of want to know what I'm dealing with here. And Connor says, well, I looked into your family's history. You and your sister have been through a lot. And he tosses Jeremy's file. Jeremy says, what are you, a social worker? Why do you care? Yeah. Jeremy's like, who are you, my therapist? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been through a lot. Everybody knows that. But Connor says, oh, it's because you saw this. And he shows him his tattoo again. And Jeremy says, yeah, it's a tattoo. Big freaking deal. Yeah. He's like, it's not really that interesting. He's like, oh, I'm sorry that I complimented your tattoo. It's really not that deep. I was just being polite. I don't even actually like it. Yeah. I really don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> a lot of lines. Pretty incomprehensible to me. Yeah. And Connor says, well, you know, actually, I call it a hunter's mark as in a vampire hunter. And Jeremy says, vampires. Jeremy tries something that I respect. He says, okay, whatever. I don't know who you are. He tries like laugh it off and leave. And Connor says, okay. He's like, that's crazy. Vampires? Are you insane? Anyway. Yeah, you got to give it to Jeremy for trying this. And Connor's not even mad that he tried it. But he says, look, the thing is, I know your family's history in this town. So you playing dumb just makes you look dumb. See me, I would have kept playing dumb. I would have been like, yeah, my family history is they write journals like about their psychotic delusions. Like, I really don't like talking about it. It actually makes me incredibly insecure. You mean my family history? Like my dad was an OBGYN. You mean like how my family drove off a bridge and I have survivor's guilt because of it? What does that have to do with vampires? What does that have to do with the Twilight movies? What's what's that got to do with the Cullens? We can see Stefan watching from outside the classroom because if Stefan's going to do one thing, it's eavesdrop. Jeremy says, What's with the show and tell? I don't know you. Connor says, this tattoo is invisible to anyone but another hunter or a potential hunter. If you find me a vampire, I'll train you. I'm in Hudson off Route 13. Don't come unless you find one. And Connor thinks he's really offering Jeremy something here. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to give this kid an opportunity to change his life. (laughs) And it's like, okay. It's like, uh, he's well aware of the vampires in town. But Jeremy does do a good job here. Where basically Connor's like, find a vampire. And Jeremy's like, how am I supposed to do that? Yeah. Like he doesn't have like five in the wings. Yeah. Like, he's, like he doesn't know like eight. Like he couldn't call his sister right fucking now. <laughs> but he does a good job throwing off the scent here. And Connor says, why don't you start by asking your friend with the bandaged neck? And he leaves. Connor thinks he ate with this. Bitch, Jeremy knows everything that's happening with Matt. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, okay, interesting. So he kind of clocked that about Matt. That's good to know. You come to think of it, someone should have healed Matt. Yeah, he's like, why didn't Elena heal? So Jeremy ate. Good job, baby boy. Then we go over to the RV, Connor's RV. Damon approaches. The door is unlocked, which at first it's like, why would he leave that door unlocked? Even if it wasn't unlocked, I'm sure he could have ripped his way in. Yeah. 
Damon starts looking around a little bit. He sees some papers and he reaches for some papers. And then he is shot by two arrows, which are connected to bombs. And he's like, okay, awesome. He's like, okay, this uh, did get away from me. Like I should have assumed that there might be a booby trap in here. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have considered it. But he's got a lot on his mind fighting with his brother. So then we go back to the loading dock of the school. Elena is like fuming with Stefan and Caroline hanging out with her. And Caroline's like, look, it was a valiant first day effort. It's okay if you want to go home. And Elena says, I don't want to go home. I want to take the white oak steak and kill her. And they're like, well, that's an overreaction. They're like, okay, well, how about we compromise somewhere in between go home and kill Rebecca? How about we go get some McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> how about we go get a milkshake? How's that? Stefan says, hey, let's leave the murdering to Damon. Got to make it a dig at Damon at the same time. He's multitasking. They're fighting. Elena says, and what, ignore her to death? Girl, yes, that would be very effective. Literally, that would be more effective than killing her. Like that would hurt her so much more. You would have hurt her feelings so much more if you didn't go to her party. Yeah. Than whatever little antics you do at her party. Or to literally go to her party and be like, Man, guys, this shit sucks. I'm throwing a party at the Salvatore house if you guys want to do that instead. Honestly, what Elena should do is throw a competing party. Yeah. That would be the move. Rebecca would consider that a fate worse than death. Yes. And it wouldn't even be close. Because also it would be at the Salvatore house who are like popular. Elena is undisputably popular at Mystic Falls High. Yeah. Stefan, I think, is also pretty popular, if only by his association to Elena. I think his association with Elena, plus the fact that he's so hot and sexy. Yes. Plus, remember that one time he caught the football that Tyler threw at him? Yes. How could we forget? He's very popular. Yeah. Rebecca is just newer and she hasn't been to any of the dances. So, so even though she's hot, like she still has some work to do. The other thing, if you don't want to plan a whole party, here's what you do. You get to Rebecca's party and you're like, oh, my God, this is so fun. You know, like we didn't really get to have like a homecoming dance because it flooded. What if we like voted for homecoming court right now and then made Rebecca lose to Elena? Literally the way that would fucking eat. I'm just saying that would be very powerful. Yeah. Elena, just tell Rebecca you were nominated for Miss Mystic Falls. Tell her you got it. What would Rebecca know? Of course, Klaus knows who won, but that's because he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca doesn't know that. <laughs> it's not Rebecca's business. So there are many options here besides killing her. Yeah, but ignore her to death is really a better option. Like killing her. It's the same thing when Rebecca really wanted to kill Elena. Girl, there are so many more effective things you can do. Killing is nothing. It's all about psychological warfare. That's what you got to do. Stefan astutely says, She's trying to make herself feel better. She knows that everybody hates her, so she's trying to hate harder. Yeah, she's like, well, I guess I'm going to be the villain then. But then she's like, wait, everybody hates me. It's like, yeah, you chose to be the villain, girly. She's like, why is everyone so mad at me? It's very Cassie from Euphoria vibes. Well, that makes me a villain. <laughs> then so fucking be it. That's rude to Cassie. Cassie didn't run anyone off a bridge. It's if Cassie had been alive for a thousand years and never grew. Like if she just kept reliving the Nate Jacobs storyline for a thousand years, she'd turn into Rebecca eventually. That's true. Stefan says, let's just skip the rest of the day and have fun. This day is severely lacking in fun. Elena says, okay, and then we'll go to her party and show her she can't intimidate me. She's going to intimidate you. Yeah, she's going to intimidate you at the party. So, you know, let's be careful about that. And then Elena says, I just have to go home and change. 
and she leaves. Now she doesn't have to change. This yeah. is a this is a ploy, but no one picks up on that. She's like, of course I don't have to change. Look at how beautiful my dress is. It's so on trend. And they're like, well, of course she's going to change. Look how ugly the dress is. Yeah, she needs to go get another cardigan back since the other one's ruined. After she leaves, Caroline says to Stefan, does she seem a little off balance to you? Stefan says, yeah, no shit. Uh, she's channeling all her emotions into rage, which makes her feel like she has a purpose. I used to do that too when I was, you know, and Caroline says, rip are you? And he says, yeah, she needs to come to terms with it and confront it. Let it in before she lets it go. And Caroline says, you know what? You're good at this. You saved my vampire life. Now you're saving hers. You should write a book and go on The View. And I have one thing to say. Steriline Hive, we have been patient. It's beginning. <laughs> it's happening. Keep being patient, bitch. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think I've mentioned it to Stephanie. I'm a Steriline girly. I'll admit it. I know you are. I know it's coming. You don't know when, though. I don't know when. And, you know, I do think this episode gave me some hope for Steriline. I'll say that. I wasn't against it. See, my thought, and we'll see how this changes, but my fear is that Caroline is really, really perfect for Stefan, and Stefan's just kind of there. Like, he's not perfect for Caroline in the same way, which could be disproven, but that's my biggest fear because I love Caroline so much and you know, I'm, I'm not as much of a Stefan girly as you are. Yeah, I, I do know that. I do know that. As it stands currently, I feel that Klaus is a better match for Caroline. I think that could shift. That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. I do like Claroline too, but I'm more of a Stefan girl than a Klaus girl. Yeah, I'm more of a Klaus girl. I think there's also a level of like Klaus is good in this phase of her life. He may not be good long term. But we'll see as Claroline and Steriline scenes continue. This is like Stefan and Caroline haven't had a lot of like scenes individually together. Yeah, we haven't gotten really any whisper of it. This is really the beginning of like them giving them some chemistry. Like sometimes they'll talk to each other, but Stefan has always seemed completely uninterested in her. Yeah, it's mostly all business with them before. Because remember, when he first met Caroline, he said, I really don't care if you fucking live or die. Stop talking to me. I want to fuck your friend. Yeah, essentially. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's basically <laughs> what he said to her. That was the gist. And she said, okay, if we ever got married, you want it to be in June? <laughs> then we go over to the Lockwood house. Tyler is tossing a football back and forth between his hands on the couch because he's bored. Because he's a jock, let's not forget. Uh, yeah, let's not forget. And softly in the background, we hear ho hey by the Lumineers. So we know something's happening. Yeah, we know something's happening. And what's happening is we're meeting a new character. Her name is Haley. She is played by Phoebe Tonkin, who is most known for being on H2O with Claire Holt. Who plays Rebecca. Yes. And she is the ex-girlfriend of someone on this show. Do you want? Oh, Wesley. Yes, it is. I know it is. I've seen a picture of them sitting courtside at a game. That's why I know. One thing Paul Wesley will do is date all these little ladies. And you'll remember, Paul Wesley was married to Tori DeVito. And then he starts dating Phoebe Tonkin. Interesting. Tori DeVito, Meredith Bell, Phoebe Tonkin, Haley. I have known this, this little girly was coming for a while, so I'm excited for her. What are your first impressions of Haley? We can talk about it as the episode goes on. I did not anticipate that she would come into their lives via Tyler. Interesting. What makes you say that? Like, I really thought, because I, I don't actually know if this is true, but I believe that she will be on the originals, the spinoff. Interesting. I don't know in what capacity. So I kind of thought she like knew the originals from way back more than anything. 
And I assumed she was a vampire. Two incorrect thoughts. Two very incorrect things. I had some shock to my system when she showed up saying hi to Tyler. You said, you don't know him. I said, I said, how did you know him? Haley, to me, when I first met her on my first watch through, it's giving very much pick me. Yeah, it's very, it's very wearable. Yes. She's obviously very beautiful. Yes, she's stunningly gorgeous. But I know she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really like wearing makeup. And it's like, girl, you have eyeliner on. She is doing a very 2014 thing with her voice, too, in this first episode. The accent needs some work. I heard the Australian peeking through a little bit, Miss Girl. But we'll see if she gets there. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little feedback for her. (laughs) And we'll see how long she's in it, you know, for the show. You have come to the conclusion that she is on the originals. You know, I don't want to tell you if that's true or not. Yeah, but I think she's around for a while. They're clearly setting her up to be involved. To be a a little bit of a, a shift in some dynamics, it appears. We'll get there as we get there. She says, so this is where you've been hiding. And he says, Haley? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He said, what is my side bitch doing here? <laughs> she calls him Lock Wolf. Boo. I fucking hate werewolves. <laughs> Could use some workshopping. Yeah, werewolves are not known for their wordplay. They hug. And then she shoves him and she says, hey, ass. I love when they say ass on a CW show because it's clearly the only curse word they can get like approval to say. Yeah. This character would say dick, but she can't say dick. Well, and this little push she gives is giving flirty. Oh, yeah. So you were already making some assumptions. I took very much the same path that Klaus will take shortly. It's a pretty illuminated path. She says, I thought Klaus killed you. And he says, yeah, well, I should have called. And she says, from your trailer park in Florida, you liar. You're totally loaded. She's like, I lucked out here, babe. (laughs) She said, I chained you up all over the Appalachians, talked you through every turn, helped you break the sire bond. You could have told me your real story. So that's how we know that he knows Haley. He told Caroline he went to the Appalachians to break the sire bond. Apparently, he spent his time with one pack and particularly with Haley herself. Yeah, he said he broke that sire bond all by himself. Interesting. Interesting. Typical man. Taking credit for a strong woman. (laughs) Yeah. He says, well, I didn't want anyone to follow me back. You know, werewolves aren't safe around Klaus and you shouldn't be here either. His hybrids are all over this house and so is he. Because the assumption is, if Klaus met a werewolf, he would turn them into a hybrid. Yeah. Lucky for Haley, he has no doppelganger blood, so he can't turn her into a hybrid. Yeah. Haley says, I know one of his hybrids is with a pack I ran with. He called me and told me he was coming to protect a guy named Tyler. And I thought, what are the chances? Now, Tyler's a pretty common name. Yeah, she came all the way here for a potential that it was the same Tyler. I'm thinking he gave her some reasons for that. So I'm going to say. And then Haley says, the least you could do is pour me some fancy rich people scotch. And he says, absolutely. She said, the least you can do is give me a vodka crayon up in this bitch. <laughs> she said, pour me a drink. And then we go back to Connor's RV. Meredith enters and asks Damon why he was being so cryptic. And he says, oh, come in, close the door. She spots the bomb connected to the arrow. And she says, please tell me that's not a bomb. And he says, it's a kitten. She teed him up for that one. And she says, why didn't you call your brother? The implication being... I could die. (laughs) Yeah, like I should not be the one near a bomb. But Damon says, well, in my defense, I am proud and stubborn. And also you're already here. He's like, well, I I didn't want to tell Stefan that I did something dumb. And there's a reason I was cryptic on the phone so that you would show up. So now that you're here, he says, you're not going to get hurt. All you need to do is be doctorly and cut out the arrow. I do it myself. But if I move, explosion. 
And she says, fine. She picks up a knife off the table and starts cutting. Damon, meanwhile, is looking at Connor's notes, and he has, of course, found the suicide letter to April. And he says, hey, how well did you know Pastor Young? And Meredith says he was a patient of mine, always a nice guy. Damon says, yeah, nice, crazy guy. He wrote a letter about sacrifice and war brewing in Mystic Falls. Meredith looks over his shoulder to read it, and she says, what does he mean a greater evil is coming? Don't we have great enough evil already? Obviously not. Damon says, you would think. He gets a call from Elena which he declines, and Meredith cannot help but clock. Yeah, she read that. She read his screen. And she says, so how'd you get stuck on hunter duty? And he says, uh, Stefan had a physics test. Meredith says, you're a good brother. You're showing up to a bomb while Stefan plays vampire with the girl who broke your heart. But you're doing a very good job of acting like it doesn't suck. He's like, how much did Alurk fucking tell you? Damn. He said, Jesus, Alurk snitched on me. He blew up my whole spot. Did Alurk not keep a single secret? He's like, now I look like a dumb fuck. And then she says, okay, you should be good. And then he pulls the arrow out and he's safe. No explosion. Yay. Then at the school, Matt is at his locker and Rebecca approaches and she says, hey, I am having a little party. You should ditch last period and come. And this is so funny because like she can't both be the biggest bitch of all time to Elena and do this, even if she didn't kill them both, like or try to kill them both. Like you can't have it both ways here. This is simply delusion. and. It's so delusional. Like the thing about Matt is he will usually like give everything a chance. Yeah. Even he ignores her. Even he's like, I'm not even giving you anything because clearly you think I'm interested in you, even though I've never given you an indication of that. He doesn't even turn to her and she says, okay, look, I know you're still angry that I ran you off the bridge. (laughs) Yeah, of course he is. He almost died. No doubt. She's like, okay, get over it. And she says, but, you know, in my defense, you have to understand that Alaric killed my brother. First of all, girl, he didn't. Yeah. She says, he was trying to kill me. I had to do something to stop him. I never wanted to hurt you. Well, the thing is, she didn't have to do something to stop him. They were going to just wait 50 years. Like, it was going to be fine. And she got impatient. Yeah, she's like acting like, oh, you know, like, yeah, it was wrong. But what other choice did I have? Girl, you had a number of choices. She had a number of choices. She picked the one that let her kill Elena. Like that was actively a choice. (laughs) She just wanted to kill Elena. And like the thing is, she could have found a way to kill Elena that did not require her killing Matt. Yeah, she just was too impatient. She said, you know what? They're going to be on a bridge. I'll just run them off it. I got places to be. She was like, I wish Elena was driving herself, but I think Matt will forgive me for this because me and Matt have such a, a cute little relationship. And he's like, where did she get that? Yeah, she's like, me and Matt have kind of a like friends to lovers thing going on. Me and Matt have this really Sam and Diane, will they, won't they thing. Yeah. <laughs> me and Matt are just like Ross and Rachel. It's only a matter of time. Everyone's talking about it. Matt walks away, obviously. <laughs> He's like, what do you want me to say? You killed me. Yeah, because this is an insane thing for her to try to do. And she is like, she is so disappointed. She's like, I can't believe that didn't work. She's like, man, why didn't he like me? She's like, men can't understand him. (laughs) Then Matt walks down the hallway where Connor is standing because, again, he has free reign of this school. They just said, yeah, whoever you need to talk to. He said, is it okay if I take out a knife on a kid? And they're like, I don't care. They said, which kid? And he said, Matt Donovan. They said, yeah. (laughs) They said, take out two knives. Now you can kill him if you want. (laughs) Connor says, what'd you say last time? Hickeys? And then he pulls off the wrist bandage that Matt has and says, kinky girlfriend. I mean, I got bit by a snake. 
Yeah. The way I would lie through all these situations, it would get me killed. I would say, yeah, uh, two needles poked into my arm. But Matt actually does a smart thing here where he says, I don't know where I got that, which will imply, of course, that he was compelled. Yeah. I don't know if he does that on purpose or if it's just his you know, way to decline it. But he, again, would it kill someone to have healed this? We would have saved ourselves the trouble. I get why maybe they couldn't have healed the one at the funeral. Things were moving too fast. But this morning, they all had all the time in the world. Elena had all the time in the world. Other vampires are here. Let's heal them up really quick. Or give them a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. The thing is, too, if I'm Matt, the same way we talked about this last season when someone came into the house to kill Alaric and the guy who, like, sent the paramedics away. Mm-hmm. It would behoove the humans of this town to have a stash of vampire blood on them. I think that's more than fair. And I feel like Elena's just like, well, I don't want to give him vampire blood because what if he turns into a vampire? Then he won't get killed. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like that is probably why they don't give him more vampire blood is because they don't want him to turn into a vampire. But at this point, like there's someone looking for vampires. Let's take some clues out of the way. Yeah, anyway. So Connor says, oh, are you sure about that? He pushes Matt to a wall and holds a knife up to him and says, tell me which one of your high school friends is a bloodsucker. And Matt hesitates, but then he realizes he can actually kill two birds with one stone here. And he's pissed off freshly in his mind because he just talked to Rebecca and he said, oh, Rebecca Michelson. He's like, which vampire do I know that I wouldn't care if they died? Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor says, thank you. When you wake up, she'll be long gone. And then he knocks Matt out in the middle of the school. Yeah. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena is ransacking Damon's room. And Damon comes in and he says, I hope you're going to clean this up. And she's like, I won't. (laughs) She says, I don't think I will. Uh, So I'm looking for bourbon because yours is better than Stefan's. It is the best lie she could come up with. Damon doesn't buy it for a second. It's like a stupid lie because she would have had to walk past the bourbon to get up here. And Elena's never been one to particularly. We've seen her drink bourbon like twice. Yeah. And it's more like someone else is giving her bourbon and she's had a a really rough day. Yeah. If she was really looking for bourbon, she'd just grab the first bottle in the living room. But Damon plays along for a second and he says, oh, it's the top drawer of my dresser. And I was like, why would he put that in his dresser? I was like, oh, no, he's doing a bit. He's doing a joke. (laughs) And so she walks over to the dresser. She opens it and she says, you keep your alcohol in your underwear drawer. And he says, no, but you weren't looking for alcohol, were you? She's like, that shouldn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> she's like i don't know where you got that <laughs> and he says do you really think i'd actually leave the last remaining white oak steak where any vampire could just walk in and take it she said well i was hoping she says first of all i'm not just any vampire <laughs> then she notices the blood on his shoulder and she says what happened to you and he says hunter mishap and she says he was at my school today girl he just told you he had a mishap yeah don't you want to ask you have to make it about you yeah, he was at my school you didn't even talk to him he didn't bother you <laughs> he didn't even look in your direction It's like if someone was like, oh, yeah, I got hit by a car. It's like, I saw a car today. Okay. Okay. And what does that have to do with me? And Damon says, oh, yeah, Jeremy told me. Elena's like, you were talking to Jeremy? He says, don't worry about it. Elena says, don't bring him into this. And Damon says, perish the thought he might actually be useful. And also, Damon didn't bring him into it. Jeremy was in it because the hunter reached out to him first. He was just giving Damon an update. Elena's very used to being the middleman between Jeremy and Damon because Damon has been pretty anti-Jeremy since the moment he snapped his neck. Since before. (laughs) Yeah. So Elena's like, what are you two talking without me for? Because again, then she's not the she's not the center of attention. She's losing it. Damon then takes his shirt off and Elena's enjoying the view. She's looking. And then he goes for the pants and he says, you staying for the show? And then she leaves and she's like, I'm finding that steak. Then we go 
back to the woods. We're outside the RV. Connor's hanging out. He's sharpening his stakes as Jeremy approaches. And Connor says, you got a vampire for me? And Jeremy says, no, but (laughs) I know where you can find one. He says, there's a doctor, Meredith Fell, who uses vampire blood for surgery. I think she has a deal with him, her blood for his. Now, Connor seems to know nothing about the town. Yeah. This information is like a coup to him. Yeah, he's like, wow, you really came through with this. And Jeremy's like, literally like half the people know this at this point. Like, this is not a secret. He's like, this is like my fourth juiciest lead. Yeah. (laughs) I just want a lead that leads nowhere to anyone I care about. Yeah. This is like very much something I really don't think about on the day to day. And Connor is all pissed off. He's scandalized. He's scandalized that a doctor would be saving more people. He's like, why won't people just die in this town? He says, that's the problem. When a town protects one vampire, word spreads, more come, they feed, they turn. Soon you got a full on infestation. He's like, that's the problem. Why can't I shoot a kid and have him stay down? And Jeremy's like, why are you yelling at me? (laughs) The fucking doctor. Yeah, Jeremy's like, okay, you want to go to the hospital now? Like, I don't really need the whole thing. Like, I get it. I've talked to other hunters before. I understand your whole thing. Like infestation, I get it. Trust me, I know how much of the infestation is. I'm also not on their side, but I got to deal with it. Okay, King? The temper is not useful to me. Connor says, your high school, for example, is crawling with them. One of them's throwing a party. Okay, Connor, name two who go to the high school. You can't, can you? Yeah, he just has Damon and Rebecca. He's got Damon, Rebecca, and Tyler. So I guess crawling, he can name two. Yeah. I wouldn't call that crawling, but yeah. He's exaggerating. And Jeremy says, oh, is that where we're going, the party? And he says, no, we're going to the hospital. As long as people are drinking at that party, I got it covered. They'll be dead by sundown. You know, we don't know exactly what that means yet, but we can assume there's something in the beverages at Rebecca's party. And that's why you BYOB. Yeah, let this be a lesson. Don't drink from the keg. This is another reason to not be a pick me girl. Don't touch that keg. Drink your little wine. Drink your little wine spritzer. Go have a vodka crayon in the kitchen, okay? Have a white cloth. Take a load off. Take a load off. Have fun. (laughs) Just have one of the jello shots. More effective, cuter, funner, no venom. That would be funny if he like made jello shots and put venom in his little (laughs) RV fridge. He'd be like, I know that Rebecca bitch wants a jello shot. So then we go over to Rebecca's party and it's a big success because again, she's the only girl in town who thought to throw this party. She got ahead of it. Party planning queen. She said, I will not miss another party. And I respect her because it's an anti-curfew party that started during the day. Let's go. There's a keg, everyone's drinking and dancing, having fun. Stefan and Elena arrive, and they don't have to be invited in, so that's fun. They spot Rebecca, and Elena glares immediately. Stefan's like, hey, hey, girly, you're fixating. We just got here, girl. And she says, no, I'm quietly hating, girl. It's pretty obvious to everyone. Stefan sees a guy walk by with a cup of beer and says, hey, this is mine now. Yeah, compels him to take the beer like he couldn't just fill his own cup from the keg. Like, you guys walked by the keg on the way in. Couldn't you have stopped there? But no, she wanted to get in there quick so she could glare at Rebecca first and foremost. Exactly. And so Stefan hands Elena the beer and says, it'll help you let go. She takes it up to her mouth, but she doesn't drink because she spots April. And she says, oh, I'm going to go say hi. And then Stefan's like, well, I'm going to look for something stronger than beer. He said, I'm not drinking from a keg, bitch. There could be venom in there. (laughs) Yeah. He said, that's disgusting. What kind of bourbon do they have at this party? Probably none. Rebecca bought vodka and tequila, bitch. He said, oh, no, I only drink craft beer. And that looks like a Bud Light to me. He said, you guys got any IPAs? I know Stefan drinks IPAs. I know he does, but in a sexy way, I think. Yeah, he looks so hot and sexy when he does it, though. I know it. He should. Never mind. No, go on. 
I was going to say you should grow a mustache. <laughs> but I was like, there's no point in me saying that. <laughs> it's just for me. <laughs> then we go over to the Lockwood house. Caroline is at the door and Tyler opens it and she hugs Tyler and she says, hey, I ditched Rebecca's ditching party. And they kiss. And then Caroline notices the two guys standing behind him watching. And she says, what's with all the testosterone? And Tyler says, oh, they're hybrids. I'm on house arrest. And Caroline says, who, your mom? Sneak out. And he just looks at her like, no. Tyler says, no, it's not my mom. And she's like, Klaus. <laughs> she's like, what was the point of the sire bond being broken if you're going to like hang out with Klaus all day anyway? And then upstairs, Haley is like snooping around the study. And Klaus appears at the door and says, you're a new face. He's like, this is something to figure out, isn't it? If there's one thing Klaus loves, it's relationship drama. He always wants to know shit. He just likes to know where everyone stands with each other because he wants to have opinions on it. He wants to know who to ship. He obviously doesn't ship Caroline and Tyler. He's looking for a new girl for Tyler. It's like Burnett could do. Yeah, he's like, huh, she might she might work for Tyler. She's already here. I don't have to go anywhere to get her. (laughs) And Haley gets him with a pretty good comeback. She says, I take it from your accent. You're an old one. Klaus. She figured that out pretty quick. Slay. I guess, to be fair, how many people with English accents could Tyler possibly know? That's true. Four. All four originals who are alive. Rest in peace, Finn. Or don't. I don't care. Or don't. I really don't care what you have to. He says, oh, so my reputation precedes me. Hopefully it's not all bad. And she says, it's a little bad, but mostly it's repulsive. He says, okay. He's like, I really don't need another person doing this. I have enough feedback. Thanks. He says, how are you all turning on me? He's like, you haven't even gotten to know me yet. He says, so you're a friend of Tyler's. That's strange. He's never mentioned you. Yeah, you can tell Klaus is like, oh, so you're a hot girl who's a friend of Tyler's that he's never brought up. Okay, I have some suspicions. The gears are turning. And so he eavesdrops downstairs to confirm his suspicions. Tyler says, hey, Caroline, you just go to the party. Okay, sweet thing. I'll be fine here. And Caroline says, I'd rather hang out here with you. And he says, ah, trust me, I'm no fun right now. Caroline nods and gets ready to leave. And upstairs, Klaus says, I think I know why. We see him meet Haley and we see like Tyler hang out with Haley and it's a little suspicious. No way to confirm anything, you know, just maybe we're all being a little hard on Tyler. And then at this year, like, okay, no, I was I was on the money, I fear. We'll see. Then we go back over to the party at Rebecca's house. Elena approaches April in the kitchen and April's like, oh, my God, thank God, someone I know because I've been at boarding school for most of my life. And now my dad's dead and I came to this party. Good for her putting herself out there. She is wearing a very 2014 Tumblr girl outfit. Yeah, they're finally representing the Tumblr girl on this show. It's been a while. Yeah, we haven't had one since Anna, really. And Anna was kind of before her time. Anna was ahead of the curve, but now we're we're getting into like prime Tumblr era. I know this bitch is blasting Arctic monkeys. Yeah, this bitch listened to the 1975 on her walk over. Her lock screen is Matt Healy. Elena offers April her beer and April says, you used to read me bedtime stories. And Elena says, yeah, now I'm giving you beer. Sounds about right. <laughs> they giggle. Yeah, she's like, life goes on. She says, move on. Her parents are dead. Okay, sweetie. This helps. April takes a sip and she says, if my dad could see me now. Elena says, how are you with everything? And April says, well, I'm trudging through my denial phase. I'm dreaming up conspiracy theories. And then she goes on to explain, my first weekend home from boarding school, my dad smelled cigarette smoke on my clothes before I walked in the door. He would have noticed a gas leak in the house. Good news, girl. You're right. He did notice it. <laughs> He did definitely notice it. He also caused it. This is a fair clue for her. It just unfortunately leads a negative direction. Elena says, so you don't think it was an accident? 
And April says, I know there's no investigation, but with the shooting at the church, it just feels, you know. And Rebecca enters to finish her sentence and says, like something wicked this way comes? I know, right? This town is so cursed. And see, this is the problem with Elena going to this party to stand up to Rebecca because Rebecca's going to be on her like glue. Because Rebecca's been winning this morning. So she's going to keep this momentum going. She doesn't often beat Elena in wars of words. At this point, Rebecca has won enough that it's obvious to even her that Elena is here to try to prove a point to Rebecca that she like can be here. And Rebecca saw that she won this morning. She's like, I can do this again. Really, again, the queen of kicking people while they're down. That's her whole strategy. Elena says, hey, April, why don't you look around the house and I'll find you in a bit. And April's like, "Okay." she leaves. April's like, you're not going to introduce me to your friend. I just said I don't know anybody. She's like, I just said I don't know anybody. And now you're telling me to go look around the house for what? (laughs) And so once she leaves, Rebecca says, did I forget to uninvite you? And Elena says, did you blow up her dad's house to get revenge on the council? And Rebecca's like, I don't give a damn about some dodgy middle-aged council. She's like, why on earth would I waste my time doing that? She says, I don't even know who the fucking council is. I didn't understand it for the one episode I dealt with them, and now they're all dead. So why would I be concerned? Yeah. Rebecca says, you know, you come into my house, throw around false accusations, and then have the nerve to drink my beer. Then Rebecca takes Elena's cup of beer and drinks it herself. And then Elena, her skin starts like burning. And she realizes Rebecca took her daylight ring. So she runs into a little shady corner of the kitchen. She's like, oh, my God, my ring. And Rebecca says, yeah, go get it. And she tosses it in the garbage disposal and turns the garbage disposal on. You know, she ate with that. Yeah, she got her there. Elena should have been holding that ring a little tighter to her hand. But then Elena, she powers through. She runs, turns off the garbage disposal, grabs the ring, puts it on and heals. And then she goes straight to her bag and grabs the white oak steak from it. (laughs) And then as she's just about to follow Rebecca, Stefan catches her. And Stefan says, did Damon give that to you? And she says, reluctantly. She's like, he didn't want to, but I eventually did wear him down. Yes. And she says, here's the thing, Stefan. She's not going to stop. She's going to keep pushing me. And Stefan says, you know, if you want to kill her, I'm not going to stop you. And Elena's like, great, get out of the way. Elena (laughs) says, what's the catch? It seems like you're about to lecture me. This this sounds like the start of a speech. (laughs) And he says, but here's what will happen. It'll feel really good for 10 seconds. And Elena's like, great. She says, deal. (laughs) I'll take it. He says, and then tens of thousands of vampires all around the world, everyone she's ever turned, will die. And Elena doesn't care about the guilt of killing Rebecca. I mean, she does, but it won't be as big a deal. But the guilt of killing like so many people, much more powerful of a tool. And other like people who may be innocent. People who don't even know they're descended from Rebecca. Stefan says, rage is a really powerful feeling, but guilt, take it from me, it'll destroy you. So you can go after her, or you can get on the back of my motorcycle, we can get the hell out of here. She says, motorcycle. She said, you have a motorcycle? (laughs) (laughs) Said you should have said that hours ago. You should have led with motorcycle. So she hands him the steak, grabs her bag, and they start to leave. They go out front, and Rebecca from her porch is like, I did it, I won. So she's like, leaving so soon. And Elena says, not just yet. I never got a drink. And then she does a keg stand. Everyone is cheering for her and Rebecca is fuming. This is the most damning thing Elena could have done. Literally, the way to hurt Rebecca, take attention away from her at her own party. (laughs) Rebecca could do this. She could do a keg stand. But since Elena already did it, it'd be like, oh, she's just copying Elena. Or she'd be up there and she'd be like, oh my God, I have to do it longer than Elena. I have to have my legs straighter than Elena. 
She got in her head. This was a power move. This is a good move by Elena. She gets off the keg stand. Then she says, now I'm ready to go. And she leaves with Stefan. And she said, give me my bag, bitch boy. (laughs) (laughs) And Rebecca is like glaring. And then all of a sudden her like vision goes faint. And she like falters a bit. She looks in the mirror and she sees like red vessels moving through her skin. So that's a bad sign. She said, this day is taking a turn. Then we go back over to the Lockwood house. Klaus is hanging out in the study, sitting at the desk, putting his feet on the desk. He's looking very cute and funny. He's been posed there waiting for Tyler to come. He's got a script ready to go. Yeah, he's got a PowerPoint presentation. So Tyler walks in to find Klaus and Klaus says, she's quite fetching that Haley. And Tyler says, oh, fuck me. Tyler says, not (laughs) you. Tyler says, hey, where is she? And Klaus said, oh, she had to run. But don't worry, I had her take the back door so Caroline wouldn't see. And Tyler's like, oh, no, we're not looking good here. He said, it's looking bad for me. Tyler says, whatever you think, you know. And Klaus says, oh, I don't know anything. But I've put together a pretty convincing picture. Why don't you tell me where my imagination deviates from reality? And now Klaus is following his true calling of writing fanfic. Yeah. And so he says, you went off to the Appalachians to break my sire bond. There, you met a pack of werewolves begging them for help. Among them was a gorgeous girl with the same animal instincts as you. Emotions ran high, inhibitions ran low. Then in a moment of weakness, the thick sexual tension became something much more real. And Tyler says, okay, stop. And Klaus says, and Caroline has no idea. So let me ask you, do you think Klaus is on the money with this suspicion? Oh, yeah. You think this is 100% correct? Yeah, I think 100%. Because of the way Tyler reacts, I mean, it would have been suspicious to deny it either way, but he looks like literally like he shit his pants. Like he looks terrified because I think he was hoping he would never have to touch this. And I don't think it was like he was dating this girl, but I do think like inhibitions were low. The sexy tension was there. Do you think Haley knew he had a girlfriend? I doubt it. Well, that's a good question because his whole thing was like, I'm breaking the Cyberbond for Caroline. Yeah. Here's my other question. Tyler's been pretty pissed off since he came back into town when Caroline has like looked at Klaus. It kind of seems like he holds cheating as something he really is against. So you still believe Klaus's little fanfic? I think he's still against cheating and I think he feels really guilty about it. And I'm not saying like, I don't think anything deep happened. Like I think they made out. Okay. I think something went wrong and I'm hoping that Tyler was like, ooh, no, I got to get my head back on straight. And he didn't tell her where he really lived. So he probably thought she was never coming back. He, I think, was like, I was going through a lot of emotions in the sire bond. It was something out of my control. And so I think that's part of the thing of like feeling so guilty about that, then watching out for Klaus and being like, well, it's easy to do because I fucking did it and didn't even want to, you know? But then don't you think he would have told Caroline that? No, because I think he's probably convinced himself it was like small and it would hurt Caroline more if she knew. Do you think he's going to tell Caroline now? I think he's going to have to, because at this point, it's either him or Klaus telling her. And I think Tyler was really hoping this would never come up. And maybe he'd tell her if he felt guilty about it. But kind of like, I still turned like it was a lot going on. Like I was just in a different headspace. Now I can get back to my normal life. Like that was a different thing. That wasn't me. Yeah, that that wasn't me. I don't know who that guy was. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm incorrect about this because I care deeply for Tyler. But I think if this weren't true, Tyler would not have looked so scared. It's weird that he didn't even try to deny it because if he really didn't do it, he'd be like, that's insane. No, but it's suspicious that he didn't tell anyone that he was with anyone in the Appalachian Mountains. He told everyone he was up there doing this alone. So it's just suspicious at best. 
Tyler's phone rings, but Klaus answers it. It's Damon. He's looking for Tyler. Mm -hmm. And Klaus says, well, Tyler's otherwise occupied making big decisions about honesty and whatnot. Damon's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Damon's like, can we get to the point here? Klaus says, is there anything I can do? And Damon says, well, I'm going after the vampire hunter if Tyler would like to join. And Klaus says he wouldn't. I, however, (laughs) he's like, I'm actually free today. And I'm feeling pretty powerful because I think I finally have a one up on Tyler. (laughs) Then we go out to a road. Stefan is driving his motorcycle. Elena's on the back and Elena stands up on the seat and rides the back of the motorcycle standing on it. And she's smiling. She's laughing. She's having fun for once in her poor, sad life. The music's good. They both look like they're having a fun time. Like it feels like Elena's getting some of that like positivity of being a vampire like this plus side of being like somewhat invincible things like that she's feeling the love a little bit it's good to have a little happy scene in the middle of the episode she's got to get some happy scenes i mean she's been beat down she's been in the trenches then we go over to the hospital jeremy and connor follow meredith fell through the hallway well she leads them through the hallway we know she's a decoy she's even wearing a bandage on her neck for good measure because apparently connor really responds to that slay Jeremy says, that's her. That's Meredith Bell. And Connor says, you stay here. I got this. Connor really thinks he's eating. He really thinks he's mentoring the young generation. Boy, he is leading you into a trap. He is not on your side, buddy. Connor goes into the storage room that he's being let into. And he says, is the hospital really the best place for a germaphobe? And Damon appears. And Damon says, oh, did I say germaphobe? I meant vampire. He loves to do a little goofy thing. So Connor reaches for his gun. He's like, I got him. But unfortunately, he gets shot by arrows on either side of him connected to bombs. Much like the setup in his RV, he notices that and he pretty quickly regrets giving Damon that idea. Yeah, Damon's like, I'm going to be honest with you. This was a really fucking dope idea. Like, I love it. I love the innovation. Thank you for your suggestion. Damon says stings, doesn't it? Connor tries to reach for his gun, but Klaus kicks it away. He says, hello, mate. He's excited to be part of it. Yeah, he's excited to be part of the team. He loves to be like with a bestie. Yeah, and he's like, clearly Stefan's not working out. So let's try Damon off of size. <laughs> he's like, Damon <laughs> might do in a pinch. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena and Stefan, turned on by the adrenaline of riding on a motorcycle, uh, making out aggressively, obviously getting ready to have sex, which they've earned. Good for them. You know, I'm not a slain a girly, but I got to support them in this. They are horny as hell. Then they stop kissing and she looks up and she sees Damon instead of Stefan. Pushes him away. She's like, ah! And he's like, what? He says, are you okay? And she looks at her arm and it's got similar red veins to what we saw in Rebecca. And she's like, what's wrong with me? And Stefan says, you know what I just remembered? Damon (laughs) said the hunter had werewolf venom. And she says, oh my fucking God. She's like, can I go like a week of just being alive? She says, I just started feeding and I'm not even doing good at that. So like, I already feel like I'm at death's door. I don't need this right now. And this is the first time in her life she seems to actually not want to die. (laughs) She's like, man, I finally had one happy day and now I'm going to lose my life again. God damn it. Then we go over to Rebecca's house. Rebecca's in her room looking in the mirror and Matt approaches the door. Or so we think. He says, oh, you don't look so hot. And she says, well, it's not the white oak steak, so it can't kill me. And she says, I'm surprised that you came to my party. Yeah, I was kind of like, why is he even talking to her? Like, this seems like it might not be what we believe. You went back and forth between thinking it was a dream. I went back and forth a couple times. Yeah. He says, you know, I thought about it. 
you explained why you ran me off the bridge. So the least I could do is explain how I feel. And the first thing he says is, truth is, Rebecca, I think you're amazing. And you're like, oh, no, this is a dream. At this point, I'm like, okay, this is a dream. He's not saying anything nice to her. But then he turns it and he says, you've had a thousand years to learn, grow, and start fresh. And somehow you've managed to throw it all away. And I was like, wow, look at Matt go. Like, he's eating her up. It's like, yes, Matt, tell her. He says, now you're alone, compelling your friends. Your brother hates you. You whine about not finding love. But the reason you don't is because you don't deserve it. And I was like, that's really cutting for Matt. I don't know. Seems like meaner than what Matt would say. And then she pulls out his heart. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm thinking dream because I don't know about that. Yeah, (laughs) it would be crazy if Matt died like that. Yeah. She realizes after she's pulled it out, like what she's done, she's scared. She drops it. And by the time she drops it, she realizes it was a hallucination, which it had to have been because Matt is just simply not that eloquent. Yeah, I was like, man, look at him go with his little speech. I know Matt was kinging. And then it was like, oh, Matt couldn't king that hard. The amount to which he's kinging is suspicious. Then we go back over to the hospital. Connor's kind of struggling with the little arrows in his arms. And Damon says, hey, keep it up and we'll be scraping you off the ceiling. And Connor says, well, you're going to kill me anyway. And Klaus says, let's not be too hasty. I feel like we're just getting to know each other. Damon says, let's start basic. Where are you from? What do you know? Maybe you can cue me into this greater evil that is alluded to in this letter because I've bought this guy. It's Klaus. (laughs) And there's no greater evil than that. And Klaus giggles. Klaus says, thank you very much. That's very flattering. He said, thank you for that kind introduction. So Connor realizes that Damon has been in his trailer and he kind of has all the clues, but he still doesn't know who hired Connor or why Connor's in town. Mm -hmm. So Connor keeps it close to the vest. He says, I'm not going to tell you anything. And then he says, you think if you kill me, it's going to be over. There's another waiting to take my place. It's an interesting comment. This, I mean, it sounded like he works with essentially a consortium of hunters who like know where they're going. That's what I read from it. You don't think he's thinking about Jeremy? I don't think he thinks Jeremy's ready for that yet. Damon says, this is just what I like to hear. Vague threats, ominous prophecies, disappearing tattoos. And then Klaus's face falls. He says, what do you mean tattoos? He's like, that's some new information that I may have a a lead on. Damon says, don't bother. You can't see the damn thing. And then Klaus crouches to Connor and says, there's more to you than meets the eye, isn't there? Klaus is like, I just figured something out. And Connor then attempts to stake Klaus, but Klaus catches the stake, of course, and he says, nice try, but I'm faster than your average vampire. He like takes the stake and he looks at it and he sees the etching that we've seen on these stakes on the bullets, but he recognizes it. And he says, you're one of the five. And Damon says, the what? And then Connor says, I'm faster than your average hunter. And then he like triggers the bomb, but Damon notices he's about to trigger the bomb. So Damon runs out of the room and it explodes. And at the time, we don't see what happened to Klaus or Connor, but we know that Klaus isn't going to die. Yeah, we know Klaus isn't going to die in the room, so it's kind of irrelevant. And it seems like Connor probably died in the blast, but it's also kind of like the stakes on that are lowered because it's like, well, there's another one coming probably if he dies. So it's less it's less feeling like a win. Then we go over to the Salvador house. Stefan cannot get a hold of Klaus and Elena is fading fast. She sees Damon again in her hallucinations. And she says, why am I thinking about you, girl? It's pretty fucking obvious. Damon says, because you're a vampire now and a part of you knows you're a lot more like me than you are like him. And she says, I don't really want to hear that right now. <laughs> she said, I'm not really taking notes at the moment. 
she says, okay, I'm going to go back to reality for a second because I need to hop away from that. And then Klaus comes in and Stefan says, oh my God, you came. And Klaus says, yeah, I did. And for future reference, one voicemail is just as effective as nine. <laughs> Such a funny line. <laughs> so funny. He's like, you're clogging up my memory. Okay. I'm going to have to get the 84 gig phone. He's like, you know, you can text me and I'll get here when I get here. I have text. Stefan explains that Elena has werewolf venom in her system and that he's the only one that can heal her, which he, of course, knows. And Klaus does take a minute to kind of luxuriate in this. He says, and what would you have done if I were no longer here? If you and your friends had succeeded in ridding the world of me, let's play that game for a second. He's like, let's just all appreciate me a little bit. I would love to hear thank you. And Stefan says, okay, whatever you want. And Klaus says, I don't want anything from you. And then he says her, on the other hand, about Elena. He says, if you had told me a few hours ago, I wouldn't have cared a lick about her dying. But as it turns out, you may be of use to me after all. And he feeds her his blood. What does that mean? Gilberts are hunters. Oh, so you think that probably she has more information about the hunters? Well, I don't think she knows that she does, but I think there's a family history that could be useful, a secret journal, or, you know, let's just say it's hard to know how this tattoo decides who a potential hunter is. Let's just say Grayson Gilbert had one of these tattoos. When would Jeremy have been able to see it? Would it have to be after he found out about vampires? That's a good question. Something to think about. We haven't seen any particularly successful Gilbert hunters yet, but we know that they like have a massive armory and are known for being hunters. It's not outside the realm of possibility that Grayson maybe was a successful one. Just because John sucked doesn't mean Grayson did. Interesting. Then we go back over to Rebecca's house. Rebecca's in bed and April knocks on the door. She's like picking up trash. And April says, way to bail on your own party. And Rebecca says, yeah, I needed a minute. Rebecca's like, someone cares that I left? (laughs) She's like, it seems like everyone else is gone. And April says, yeah, the deputies actually weren't super happy about the anti-curfew party. Yeah, that was kind of the point. And Rebecca says, why are you still here? And April says, honestly, picking up trash is better than sitting at home thinking about the family you no longer have. Ooh, girl, save that for your therapist. Yeah. Rebecca says, you know, if you want, I could help you look into the fire at the farmhouse. And April says, what can you do that I can't? And Rebecca says, you'd be surprised. Then we go to the hospital post-explosion. Carol catches up with Damon and she says, oh, so the sniper was inside. She refers to Connor as the sniper because he sniped Tyler. And Damon says, yeah, he still is inside in tiny pieces. And Carol says, rock and roll. I'll cancel the curfew. I can't say I approve of your methods. And he says, yeah, I'll make a donation. You can name a wing after me. And not to be this person. Now, Damon, I know the room exploded. You want to go check for some body parts right quick? Check for some blood even. Just go check. You would see at least a couple bone fragments. I think it would be worth investigating. But no, Damon loves to celebrate a win. No matter how premature it may be. Damon starts to head out of the hospital. And Jeremy says, see, told you I could be a badass. And Damon says, badasses don't say that. Yeah. And then he runs into Meredith Fell. And he says, hey, nice job. And she says, um, you told me the plan was to lead him to the storage room. You left out the pride about blowing up a hospital full of patients who are sick and don't need explosions down the hall. Yeah, he's like, that was purposeful. You wouldn't have helped me if I told you that. (laughs) Yeah, he says, well, like it was contained. No one got hurt. And he says, come on, you can buy me a farewell drink. Let's talk about what Klaus meant by the five. And she says, no, okay, first of all, you know, you're not leaving town. Like, that's not something you're going to do. So I'm not buying you a farewell drink. Number two, 
I'm not your new vampire partner in crime. I am not girl Alaric, okay? Go fix things with your brother and Elena because I'm not dealing with your bullshit, okay? Don't let your pride leave you all alone. The way she serves on him this episode, he's like, come on, not Meredith Fell reading me. Yeah, she's like, no, we're not playing this game. It's not happening. She says, I'm not doing the sit at the grill, drink bourbon all night with you thing. She said, because remember, I have a full-time job that I actually can't be drunk for. Now, granted, Alaric also shouldn't have been drunk, but that was irrelevant to him. But I really shouldn't be drunk. And she's like, need I remind you? She's like, yes, I was dating Alaric. I was Alaric's kind of girlfriend at the time of his death, but I dated him for maybe two weeks. I am not that close to you guys. I was just trying to get some. And unfortunately, the sum I got was Alaric, who ended up being a serial killer and almost killing me. Man, did I pick the wrong guy? <laughs> She's like, my picker is off, okay? I'm not getting more involved with you people. I'm just going to keep giving people vampire blood and healing them. She said, my picker is off, but it's not off enough to not see that you were an issue. Yeah. My picker's off, but it's not this off. <laughs> yeah. She leaves him alone to think about all that. Then at the Salvatore house, Stefan is having a drink when Caroline enters. And he says, hey, thanks for coming. And she says, it's not every day I'm summoned by a Salvatore. They usually don't summon her because they don't appreciate her enough. Yeah but the winds are changing. Steriline girlies, we have been patient. <laughs> they were getting our crumbs. Steriline girlies, we are eating tonight. Mmm, <laughs> yummy. Are you? Actually, you are. Never mind. I was being mean. We are, actually. Mmm, <laughs> yummy. Who knows? Maybe someday you'll be a Steriline girlie. It's not outside the of possibility. At the moment, I'm iffy. Stefan says to Caroline, do you remember what you were like before you turned? She says, yeah, insecure control freak. That's what you all tell me all the time. I, for one, thought I was hot and sexy and cool. I thought I was cute and on top of my shit. But you guys all want to shit on me because you weren't ready for me. She does agree that she was an insecure control freak, even though we don't agree. Well, she was an insecure control freak, but she was also slaying. Yeah, exactly. Two things can be true. Yeah, (laughs) not mutually exclusive. Stefan says, you know, you grew into yourself when you became a vampire. You changed. And Elena is changing too. And I want her to be able to enjoy it without the guilt and shame that I went through. And there was a moment today when she did. And when I'm with her, every bone in my body tells me to join her and enjoy it. But I know that if I do that, even a little, I risk becoming a ripper. I love her and I don't want to hold her back. And Caroline says, but you don't know how to be around her and resist that urge. Which this is what's under Stefan's surface is basically if he deviates at all from his very strict regimen for Elena, he will lose control. So it is to help Elena because that's what she wants, but he's realizing this isn't helping Elena and the alternative is not helping him. He can't help both of them. He has to only help one of them and he needs to focus on himself. Yeah, and I think it's also, he doesn't want her to have to like go through the guilt and shame if she's just going to end up where he is and have these control issues. Like he wants to make her transition easier, but it's also like you do have to kind of work through those emotions to understand them. So Stefan says, you know, Damon promised he'd help me stay off the edge, but we're not in a good place right now, especially when it comes to Elena. And then he turns to Caroline and says, I just thought you're so good at being a vampire. And she says, because of you, Caroline, Hive, we rise. This is my fight song. She says, come to me whenever you want. I won't let you lose control. So she kind of offers herself up to be like a sponsor, filling a role that Stefan hasn't really had in his life since Lexi died. And he needs someone who can like be there for him in a more solid way than Damon. You know, Damon has like been around for so much of his life Mm -hmm. that he's seen the ups and downs. And he's kind of like, you'll get out of the slump eventually. But Stefan's like, I kind of need to change my behavior, though. 
Yeah, he's like, I kind of need someone to be a little bit more proactive with me. He needs someone a little more hands on than Damon, but a little more hands off than his own mind. And Caroline (laughs) fits that bill, baby. Enter Caroline. (laughs) Enter Caroline, queen of the world. So, yay, we love to see a Stefan and Caroline friendship blooming. Perhaps one day it will become more. Perhaps. Perhaps. You are hungry. I want my sterile <laughs> Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Matt comes in and says to Elena, like, I'm so sorry. If I knew you were going to that party, I wouldn't have told Connor about Rebecca. Well, you had a knife to your throat, King. You can't be blamed. It was your best call at the moment. And it wasn't crazy to think Elena wouldn't go. Yeah, and Elena says as much. She says, I already talked to Jeremy about this. You couldn't have known I'd go. I was surprised I went. She's like, you know, Stefan warned me I would feel things more powerfully, but the hatred I felt today, like I almost killed her in front of everyone at a party. That's not me, or at least it didn't used to be. And Matt says, yeah, Rebecca kind of deserves it though. She says, it's not just Rebecca, it's my mind. I'm having terrible thoughts, violent images, all driven by this hunger. And Matt has his wrist out and is like, boy, put that away. Yeah, if I'm Matt, I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. I gotta go. You know, actually, uh, my wrist is a little sore. Oh my God, my, my mom's calling. And she's like, your mom doesn't live in town. No one cares about you here. <laughs> she's like, who would notice if you died? And he's like, okay. <laughs> but she does bite his wrist. And he says, hey, he notices that it's getting out of control. He's like, hey, Elena, had enough? Hey. And then eventually she like pushes him into the wall. And you can hear like the bones are crunching. Yeah, because he like tries to push her off. And she's like, no. Because he knows that she earlier was like, well, I can't drink too much or I'll lose control. And he's like, this seems like she's losing control, I fear. And she sure is. But luckily, Damon comes in and pulls her off of Matt. And he says, stop. You know, she's got her veins. She's got her fangs. And then he says, hey, stop. And then after a minute, she realizes what she almost did. And she's like, oh, my God, Matt, I am so sorry. Did not mean to do that. Obviously, that got away from me. I was thinking about violent images and I had your wrist in my mouth and I got carried away. I know that now. I see what I did. And for future reference, if I'm talking about violent images before I bite you, maybe go. Maybe don't offer your wrist. Maybe it's not my time to eat. (laughs) This is part of the course for Matt. A similar thing happened when Caroline turned. He was also compelled to forget that one. He is compelled to forget this one. Damon basically says, hey, you came over. She fed a little bit. You left. Bye. And again, doesn't give him any vampire blood. Come on, heal him. Just give him a sip. He definitely cracked a bunch of bones. I heard him. Like he's going to feel it tomorrow. Matt does leave and Helena is like crying once more. And she says, what have I done? And Damon says, hey, nothing you should be ashamed of. You're a vampire now. You need to learn the right way to be one. And I'm going to teach you. Everyone wants to be the teacher. Let's get on the same page about lesson plan, boys. Yeah, let's work together here. Let's have a little curriculum meeting. Caroline, Stefan, Damon, they all need to kind of figure out what standards we're going to teach this year. And who's teaching what? Because some stuff people are less good at. Mm -hmm. Stefan, control. Damon, also control in a different way. Here's the thing. Stefan's really good at talking about the emotional aspect and talking her through the emotions that she's feeling. Damon's not so good at that. Yeah. Damon's like, ah, if you're mad, go kill someone. It's like, no. And Caroline will bring her out to have some fun times in the middle. Yes. Stefan is good at the emotional stuff. Caroline's good at the fun. Damon's good at the practicality. Damon's good at the technical feeding. Yeah. It's really a perfect team. Like, just work together. Divide and conquer. No one try to do something that you are not meant to do. Let's all practice a little self-awareness, okay? 
Like Damon, you're not going to be telling her about empathy, okay? That's just not going to be your gig. It's just, you're not the best candidate for that position. To be honest, Caroline could do all of these, but she has to give up some power because teacher's union, I don't know. Yeah. To follow the metaphor. Yeah. She's just an adjunct. The Salvatores are tenured. She's just an adjunct. She kind of has to play the games. She has to play the academic politic game. Yeah. And yeah, she's a better teacher than them and a better vampire, but she's newer. And so she's respected less. And she's a woman. A little (laughs) academia commentary Commentary. (laughs) as it relates to vampirism. Then we go over to Connor's RV. He wakes up and at first he's like confused and he's like, oh, I'm in my RV. All is good. And he looks up and Klaus is at his bedside. He's like, ah, (laughs) but Connor seems to have proven he doesn't know about the originals. Yeah. All he knows is that he's just like a really fast vampire. Like a really strong vampire. Yeah. And Connor says, you saved me. I said, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah. Because Connor's plan was obviously to trigger the bomb to kill himself to bring another hunter. Yeah. But Klaus saved him. And Klaus says, well, you became worth much more to me alive than dead. And Connor says, hey, what did you mean when you said I was one of the five? And Klaus says, you don't know your own history. Let's just say it made you the most well-protected vampire hunter in town. And that's where we end the episode. So I have to ask, what is the five? I assume it's just five hunters. Like it could be some sort of family dynamic, but I think it's single hunters. And there is this clearly like lore of some special skill or something to become like this type of hunter. Because, you know, Alaric was just hunting. That was freelance. He was not called to it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is potential that there's some sort of like, not necessarily protection on them because I think they could still die, but that there's a little bit more of a, you know, standard practice manual in terms of like how to actually effectively kill vampires. Like he has had very quick, well-planned booby traps and things, which like, luckily he's only shot like people who can't die by a stake to the heart. Mm-hmm. or he's missed the hurt or something. So I think it's kind of a group of hunters and he knows that there's other hunters that would come support him, but he doesn't seem to know like what this group is. It could very well be also, you know, we have to entertain the thought that when Esther created Michael to be a hunter, she also created others. And Michael was just the only one with the white oak stakes. So the originals never cared about the other ones or that she created other ones later or that there's some other kind of connection to some spiritual side that hunters have, whether it be the other side or some other type of magic. So do you think the five is like a direct reference as to how many there are? Like that there's only five ever at one time? And then how does the potential hunter aspect of that fit in? Because Connor himself referred to potentials. I think it's like maybe there were five to start or like there's a five types of hunters or something like that. The goofy one, the silly one, the bad boy, baby hunter, <laughs> posh hunter, scary hunter. And he's scary hunter and he's called posh hunter next. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. So I think it could be an archetype thing, but it also could be like a general overarching, like the five is like known as like some original group of hunters that built this manual, perhaps. And it's just a name of a group because I don't think like there's a potential hunter who can see the tattoo and they're like, okay, we got to kill that guy. Uh, new ones coming in, you know? Yeah. So I think it's more of a organizing principle than actually just five of them. Well, and Connor doesn't seem to know that he's part of something called the five. Yeah. He seems to know he's a hunter. He doesn't seem to know about the originals at all. He just seems to be like aiming for any vampire. But Klaus seems to be familiar with the five. So do you think 
the five is something that has been around for the originals whole lifetime? Do you think the originals have them thought of as a threat? Because they never seem to have been concerned about hunters other than Michael before. I don't think they think of them as a threat, but they must be aware of vampire hunters out and about, especially because we have to keep in mind, word of a vampire hunter might not spread that fast if they're successful because they kill a vampire before they can tell anyone about it. Sure. But if they kill an original with a stake and an original wakes up, then they can spread the word to other originals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think there's like potential that they are aware of like types of hunters and, you know, they've been around a long time. So, you know, they'll hear things, but it might just be that like he was trained by a singular person like he's trying to do for Jeremy and doesn't know like if there's some like backstory lore to it. He's just like doing what he was told. With that in mind, does this give you any new clues as to who hired Connor and who sent him to Mystic Falls, if anyone? It makes me think it's more not self-directed might not be the right word, but that there is this level of like hunters are just kind of keeping their eye out for things. A lot of vampire stuff has been happening at Mystic Falls and it's not all quiet. Yeah. Like it's suspicious that vampires will go to Mystic Falls and not come back. And so it might just be that he's heard whispers of this and now he's gone to figure it out because he hasn't heard like of specific people who are vampires, which most people who would reach out to him like would have some information. So it's making me think that he's just kind of here of his own accord. Gotcha. He just hops to towns that have suspicious names so this has got to be something in mystic falls <laughs> after he saw twilight he's like i better just go check out forks washington yeah just real quick spend a lot of time in the pacific northwest like okay where is it cloudy so let's go that way for a while final question let's talk about the tattoo klaus seems aware of the tattoo but he's surprised that he can't see it jeremy's seen the tattoo the tattoo seems to be significant a to make him part of the five and b klaus seems very intrigued by the tattoo itself what is this tattoo well i read it that klaus knew about like tattoos yeah he's sort of tattoos well yeah (laughs) and knew about this type of tattoo and just was like oh so i can't see it if it happens essentially like i think he knows more about it than he really like gave you know it's hard to know when this tattoo really like becomes a tattoo because carter briefly explains that it like signifies a hunter or potential hunters can see it. When does a potential hunter get the tattoo? Great question. Do they have to see a tattoo before they get it? Like would a lurk have ever gotten a tattoo if he had, you know, been a little bit more successful? Great question. It's interesting that he has all these like kind of branded things and this tattoo with a symbol that Klaus seems to recognize, but hasn't really figured out where that symbol comes from. Like if I have a tattoo on my arm, that I don't know what any of it means. I'm Googling. Well, do you think he's sought out answers? Do you think he's looked for someone to tell him what that symbol on the tattoo means and maybe someone who gave him these stakes with the carving? You think he just started carving shapes on it himself because he thought it looked cool? I think he learned about the tattoo from someone like he's trying to teach Jeremy and then was like, okay, that's what this tattoo means. And like maybe looked into it a little bit, but didn't get all the way back to like the full lore. You know, it's weird that he would have these logos. They don't mean anything to him because like it's just an unnecessary part of the stake. And we've seen him like make his own stakes. Like he's not buying these or like getting them from someone. Yeah. It could just be that maybe he like connected to the symbol from like someone who told him about being a hunter. You would think he would know what the symbol means, but maybe he only knows like it means some part of being a hunter, but he doesn't know like what the five essentially entails. Like maybe he doesn't have like the bigger context for it. 
Like he has some limited scope. Do you think it's possible that he's looking for that scope, but the person he found to help him maybe isn't telling him everything? Whoever is telling him the hunter and the tattoo thing didn't tell him everything. I mean, Klaus knows about this, but no one else recognizes any logo, which doesn't recognize any logo. I think it's hard information to find probably. Do you think since this is obviously a specific type of hunter that we haven't seen before, do you think they have a goal that is different from other hunters, which other hunters, the goal seems to be like kill as many vampires as possible. Best of luck. Do you think the five has a different goal? That seems like it's their goal because he's just kind of killing people with no hesitation. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's torturing them, trying to be like, where are the other vampires? He seems to just be like, vampire, shoot. Do you think he gets anything if he shoots a vampire? Maybe a bounty or I I guess something more supernatural than that. (laughs) Because that was was a pretty realistic response. It could be a little bit of extra power or extra strength because he also said, I'm faster than your average hunter. Maybe the more vampires you kill, the stronger you become. Interesting. Do you think he might have any other special powers? No. (laughs) Okay. I think we would have seen a hint of it if he did. I think if he had any other special powers, he would have not blown himself up. (laughs) Me personally, if I had superpowers. Sure. It's a good point. (laughs) The good news is, is that the episode next week is called The Five. Oh, good. So we'll get some answers on that pretty immediately. That's good. So you won't have to wait long, but that brings us to the end of the episode today. As always, if you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.